Hello, shockers, and welcome to the first episode of That's a Shocker, a podcast just for you from the university libraries. I'm Ginger. I'm Clint. I'm Jessica. And I'm Sarah, and we are just some of the amazing people from the university libraries. To get things started, I want to let you know what you can expect to hear in these episodes. We're going to keep our intro brief so you can get right to the main event, content on a different topic each episode that's based on our research using the library's vast information resources. Towards the end, we're going to bring you announcements and upcoming events and other important updates about the libraries. We'll put links to these things in the show notes. And now on to the show. Hey Jessica, uh, so I just did a virtual library escape room and I realized that after working in this building for six years, I still know practically nothing about the history um, of the libraries on campus and specifically about the original library. So could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, our first library on campus was actually uh, one room in the original Fairmount Hall, uh, which is sometimes referred to as Old Main. Um, at the time, it was the only building on campus. And so it was just referred to as Fairmount College. It never really had an official name until later. Um, the collection actually came mostly from a woman by the name of Mrs. Carter. She went out and she solicited donations uh, from the community. Um, but she also, in a kind of fun twist, uh, voluntold the faculty members that they were going to be uh, contributing to the collections. Um, what she would do is she would find out your area of interest, and then she would go out and she would purchase professional journals in whatever that area was. And she would bring them back to the library and she would say, hey, congratulations. I love that you're involved in this. And I went out and I found this for you and now you owe me money. So the faculty ended up purchasing and donating uh, quite a few items to the original library uh, that again was in that one room in that very first building, which did burn down and afterwards, that's how it got its official name, which is why sometimes you hear it referred to as Old Main. Okay, so um, fires are kind of deadly to libraries, right? Did, <laughs> right. did any of those books survive from that? They did um, because we were lucky, and I say lucky in quotes, uh, that we had actually moved out of that very first building um, we had overgrown our one room library, thanks to Mrs. Carter. And we also received a grant from Andrew Carnegie. Andrew Carnegie was really well known for having money and grants available to libraries to build buildings. And so we were lucky enough to get one of those. And we had the Carnegie Morrison Library on campus. So we had moved all of our materials out of there. Um, and so we do have some that still survived. Uh, some of them are in the stacks. Some of them are in special collections. You know, actually, I think getting some books from the stacks for patrons, I have seen book plates that mm -hmm. said Fairmount and some that said Morrison Library. Um, can you tell me some more about those and, and that type of item? Sure. Book plates, if you don't know what they are, uh, can be the whole inside cover or they can be a small little 
uh, piece of paper and usually they were glued into the front of a book and it was a way for people marking that they were part of a particular person's collection or a library collection. Um, sometimes they had some really elaborate drawings on them. And so book plates can be really interesting too. Uh, but for sure, we know that those came from the very beginning because book plates weren't used too much longer after that. Uh, so what you see are from the original collection. Uh, and um, you can also check based on the date in the catalog, you can look in the catalog. Um, if you're looking for some of the books that are specifically in special collections, you can look in the online catalog and limit um, where the item is located in the advanced search okay. to special collections. And then you can go based on the date. Uh, the original library was opened in 1895, 1896. Um, so if you look for books with those dates or earlier, then you're definitely going to get some of the books from the original library. That is spectacular. So, okay. So we had the Old Main, which was in the Fairmount building. And then we had the Carnegie Morrison Library. Mm -hmm. And I know that we have a Morrison building still on campus. Has that ever been a library? It was. Um, because again, we outgrew the Carnegie building, um, but we got lucky again because the Carnegie building actually did burn down. Um, so much fire. Right, two fires. And we were uh, cool enough, lucky, cool enough, haha, in fire. Ha, ha, ha. Um, we were lucky enough that we had moved out of those buildings before the fires. Uh, the Carnegie burning building, I don't know why I can't say that, Carnegie building, um, did burn down, but there are some columns still left. You can see them on campus. Um, and we moved over into the Morrison Library, which is now Morrison Hall. Um, but what's really cool about that is that you can still see above the doors, the entrances to uh, Morrison Hall, it says uh, Morrison University Library or Morrison Library on the building. So you can see that we once were in there and that was the original purpose for that building. Okay, so because of the pandemic, I have been working from home a lot and I'm not on campus. If I'm not gonna be able to get to campus to see some of these cool things, what's a way that I can see these online? We have digital collections in special collections and you can get to it pretty easily. Um, if you go to the university library page and down in the bottom right corner is the special collections button. Uh, you go to the special collections page and in the upper left corner is the digital collections button and that'll take you to a screen where it lists uh, the digital collections we have right now we're over 175 digital collections that you can browse through. Um, but when you get to that first page you'll get to something where it has a bunch of tabs across the top. And we have them divided into different subject areas. So that way you can find what you're looking for a little easier than just trying to browse through the titles of 175 collections. Um, but there is a tab specifically for Wichita State. And under that, you can go to the campus buildings collection where we have digitized photographs from several different buildings across campus. But if you're looking specifically for the libraries, you can look under the original Fairmont Hall and that will give you images of that one room library. 
It's pretty fascinating. Um, you can look under the Carnegie Morrison Library, which will give you photographs of that library. You can look under Morrison Hall. That one will also give you images of the library there. Or you can look under Abla and you can see um, a bunch of the photographs from when Abla was built, from when the addition was added, and from when the 24-hour study room was added. So you can learn a lot about the uh, university libraries from that. The other really cool thing is that we have some library-specific digital collections where we have student handbooks from throughout the years. Um, the ones from 1920 are really funny, so I would, I would um, take a look at those. Um, talks about different expected behaviors and how to check out a book and yeah, definitely the shushing. Um, you know, bring your pencils and how to get a library card. Um, so they're really interesting. You can go throughout the, the library history. Um, we even have a special uh, exhibit collection of um, documenting the addition to Abla and also the 24-hour study room. There are some really cool blueprints in that collection and lots of photographs of construction. Um, we even have the shovel from the groundbreaking, and I believe there's some photographs of the original shovel. Uh, so you can see so, lots of really cool things. So our current building mm -hmm. wasn't just built this way. There was additions put onto it. Right. It was a much smaller building in 1962. And then in the 80s, uh, we had a massive addition added, addition added huh, to the library uh, where special collections was actually added. We would, we did not exist until that addition. Um, and the whole front half of the library actually um, has been added onto. And then later after that, about 10 years later, they added the 24 hour study room, okay. um, which as you know, we just had a remodel done too. And that was opened in 2020, mm -hmm. is that right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've had lots of additions and renovations and always trying to grow to meet uh, what our students and our faculty and our community members are needing. That is really cool. So if I wanted to look into some more of this on my own, like references to the library and things like that um, across history and campus, what would you recommend that I do to start out? There's a few places you can go. Uh, the Sunflower is our student newspaper. Uh, it has been an independent student newspaper since the very beginning, which is um, pretty unique. Uh, it's pretty exciting. That means that the students make all of the decisions. Uh, there is a faculty sponsor, but the faculty doesn't decide what gets printed or what stories are written. It's completely student run. Uh, they're the ones that do the printing, they do the distribution, they do the writing. Uh, all of everything involved in creating a newspaper is done by the students. Um, we have in special collections, the very first issue from January of 1896, wow. all the way up through the very most current, very most current, the most current um, edition, which was uh, just last week. We also started collection, collecting the online edition because there are additional stories in the online version that are not in the paper version. Um, and it documents all sorts of things, um, world events and how they affected campus, um, 
campus responses to world events where there were protests. Um, in 1918, uh, Fisk Hall was turned into um, a, uh, an infirmary for people suffering from the Spanish flu epidemic that was going on. Uh, it was also used as barracks for soldiers during World War I, World War II. Um, so you can learn a lot about how local history and especially campus history is affected by the world events. That's a really great place to start. Um, another place I'd check out is the Parnassus. The Parnassus was the university's yearbook. And we also have the first uh, one from 1896 from our first class uh, all the way through 1994. Um, the fun thing to know about the Parnassus is that it was pretty much every year up to about the mid 1980s. And then they realized that it's a lot of work and a lot of money uh, to print these. And there wasn't really much interest in it. So they were like, yeah, we're not gonna do this anymore. So they decided to take a break. Well, in 1994, somebody came along and went, oh my God, yearbooks are awesome. Why did we stop doing this? So they got a whole team together and they went through the whole process and they went through the year and they took pictures and they documented and they wrote stories and they made this beautiful yearbook. And at the end of it, they said, oh my God, I get it. I know why they stopped doing it. This is a lot of work. This is really expensive. And really not that many people are interested in having a paper yearbook anymore or a hardcover yearbook anymore. So um, that was the end of the Parnassus uh, unfortunately, uh, but they are available. They've all been digitized. So you can get to them online again from that digital collections page. Um, and you can read all about campus changes when presidential changes happened on campus. Uh, and you can look at the really great photos and fashion from throughout, uh, throughout the history. My personal favorite is the seventies, but you know, everybody's got their favorite. Um, so yeah, they're really fun to look at and you can learn a lot. So those are some really good places to start your research. And then you can always contact Special Collections or you can um, do some asking in the Ask a Librarian chat on the homepage too. So we're always trying to help with people's questions. That sounds fantastic. I am going to use all these resources to get started to find out some more. Um, and I want to just mention uh, really quick, if you remember from the beginning, our escape room, um, if you didn't get a chance to take part in that and you want to make sure that you can follow all of our library events, stay tuned. Ginger and Clint are going to give an update on what is happening soon so you can stay in the loop. On to upcoming events. This is a busy time in the library, so we have a lot to tell you about. As always, right? Yeah. As always. Um, the first and, and one of the biggest things is our 2021 Edible Book Festival. Um, it's coming up very soon. April 1st is the deadline to uh, register, no cost. Um, and if you're scratching your head right now, uh, that's okay. Uh, basically, we're asking people to make something uh, edible out of food based on their favorite literature, their favorite book. Um, you might think that's a little crazy, but there's actually a lot of cool stuff that you can make. Uh, we have examples on our website, um, on our social media channels, um, and it's, uh, it's a fun time. 
Uh, cake is by far the most popular, uh, cookies, cupcakes, all that, but you can make it out of anything. We've had pizza, we've had, uh, eggs and ham. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff and I haven't even been here, uh, for all of the edible book festivals. This is our third one. So, uh, create your masterpiece, send us your photos. We're excited to have people come and, uh, do that. Well, not come physically to the library, but, uh, we're excited to, uh, have people, in this uh, in this virtual event, yeah. And speaking of mediums, my personal favorite has been the Jello mold, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. That one was go. pretty awesome. Exactly, it did fall apart after a while, but you know <laughs> what can you do? So, as Clint said, this will be a virtual event this year, unfortunately. But uh, we're looking forward to still seeing what you come up with. And the good news about a virtual event is you get to eat the stuff after you're done with it. You don't have to have it sitting out on display for hours. So. Hopefully you make something tasty as well as visually appealing. Um, we're gonna have a first, second, third prize that are judged. And this year we have some celebrity WSU judges, including Terry Hall, VP for Student Affairs, Colleen Pugh, Dean of the Graduate School and Associate VP for Research, Kathy Downs, Dean of the University Libraries, and Mackenzie Haas, Student Body Vice President. So they're gonna decide the first place. The Edible Book Festival team that organizes will do second and third place. Then we're going to have two people's choice awards. So you guys get to vote online through our social media for who you think did the best job creating some edible masterpiece. And then you're going to choose which uh, library employee made the best edible masterpiece because a lot of our employees like to participate in this. Uh, you could tell they're probably bookish people, right? So we like to play with our food and make, make some art with it too. We like books sometimes. You know, sometimes. every once in a while. Sometimes I read, sometimes I don't, you know, that's okay. <laughs> anyway, we're looking forward to getting all those entries in. Like we said, April 1st is the deadline. Um, also really close on the horizon is our first ever University Libraries Undergraduate Research Award. Um, please apply for that, especially if you are entering ERCAF anyway. We want to give you some money. So there are three monetary prizes for second and third. All the directions for that are on our website. Get 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 the money. Get, well. Go go get the money. Uh, we also have uh, Walk with Woo coming up April 22nd. This is uh, an online uh, virtual event uh, where you'll get to uh, hear a discussion with the uh, creators of uh, a graphic novel that you may have heard about uh, around Christmas time this past year. Um, it's a really cool uh, graphic novel. Um, I, I highly uh, suggest you go check it out. Uh, you can find it on wichita.edu. Um, I'm sure you can find it on our website as well. Uh, but the uh, creators that'll be on that panel, and I hope I'm uh, saying all these names right, Jenna Pennington, Darren Dufresne, Jay Price, and our very own uh, Jessica Seri who is a part of this podcast. So it's going to be a great discussion, April 22nd, once again. Um, and we look forward to seeing you there. Uh, check our social media for uh, future announcements on that. We're also doing a wee bit of renovation here in the library. There's always something going on here in the library uh, physically. Um, and uh, our, our single-use study rooms up on the second floor, uh, which we call focus rooms, are getting a makeover. They were very popular before. They're going to be even more popular uh, once these are done because uh, it's very exciting. Uh, I know Ginger and, uh, and I are both excited about this project. Um, 
we can't wait for students and patrons to get to use them um, after they've had some upgrades. Uh, check our social media for updates on that as well. That's uh, going on right now, and we hope to have more info out in the future about it. Yeah, and those are pretty badly in need of a little TLC. So if you had used those before, they're the ones with the kind of countertop desk surface. It's going to be much better. We're looking forward to sharing those with you soon. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I also wanted to let you know that for the rest of the semester, we still have lots and lots of workshops going on through the university libraries. They are going to be online for the rest of this semester. Obviously for the fall, we're starting to change a bit more to a hybrid format. Um, but we've got technology workshops, research workshops, and some workshops that are just for fun, like what book should you read next, for example, or uh, what are some of the treasures that we have in special collections in university archives. So take a look at our library calendar and see what you'd like to attend. Now, finding, finding books to read for fun, too, uh, that one's with the uh, in conjunction with the Wichita Public Library. Uh, right. Pretty, pretty fun, pretty fun stuff going on. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We hope you learned something new and had a good time. Come back for our next episode. We'll be talking about UFOs. Take care, everyone.